When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is it about Football Insider? Why do you subscribe? Honestly, Dan, it's your promos at the start of every podcast. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Why would you not want to get the knowledge first? Why would you not want those texts in your phone? I just, I smile every time they come up. I like to use these little nuggets and conversations with my friends, act like I'm, I just know more than they do because, you know, I do because I got the, the information going directly into my phone. Playoffs is going to happen this year. It's just really nice to get listen to you guys. You guys are like my movie stars as a sports fan and uh, they get the information, uh, the emails and the um, post-game pod, you know, and stuff. It's just, it's been the best money I spent. And I just think as bronze fan, we're, we're lucky to have the coverage that you guys provide. I don't think the other teams in the league have this kind of coverage. I live in LA and I can guarantee the Rams and the Chargers don't have this kind of coverage, nor do they have the fan base that would appreciate it. I read cleveland.com every day for the sports. I read it more than the LA Times. And you, know, you keep me in touch with home. And having the depth of information that you all provide handed over to you is invaluable. And at the price that's being charged, it's, I can't even begin to tell you how much I've enjoyed it. Here's a promo. Uh, if you want to sign up for Football Insider, go to cleveland.com slash browns and hit the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get involved in stuff like this. And here we go on a Saturday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Liam Lobby and Mary Kay Cabot. And we are going to talk uh, briefly here about the Browns and the Chiefs playing in the divisional round on Sunday afternoon. The winner, of course, will either go to Buffalo. Well, if the Browns win, they'll either go to Buffalo or Baltimore. If the Chiefs win, they'll host one of those two teams. So uh, AFC Championship game on the horizon, Mary Kay. And look, as you would expect, I think Browns fans are incredibly excited about this. Um, You know, this team has played really well going back to, you know, I guess coming out of the bye week. Uh, they had all that bad weather, and then they kind of got out of that. They've been playing really well ever since, even in the loss to Baltimore. You know, the Jets game was an, an outlier. Uh, the Chiefs haven't played in a few days. I think Browns fans are feeling pretty good about this football game. Yeah, I, I think uh, Browns fans are feeling pretty good about this football game. I, I know that the Browns players are feeling really good about this football game. Uh, this is such an incredibly confident football team. Dan, I don't know if I have covered – a more confident football team, uh, Browns team going all the way back to uh, when they, when they were, you know, going to AFC championship games in the late 1980s. I don't know uh, that I've run into a team that believes in itself as much as this one does to do the unthinkable. Right. And the first unthinkable was to have to go into Pittsburgh where they had lost 17 straight games to beat big Ben. Uh, It just seemed impossible, but they did it and they knew they were going to do it. And as crazy as it sounds, as crazy as it sounds, they 100% believe that they can march into Arrowhead and knock off the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Well, and, you know, they should think like that. 
I mean, what the, what's the point of playing if, if you're not going to think that you can go win any game? And, you know, sometimes you do see teams that they're just kind of, it does feel like maybe they're just kind of happy with where they're at and you know, whatever. But, you know, once, once you get to this level, you got four teams left now in each conference. Uh, you're right on the vert. You're two wins away from the Super Bowl. Um, I, I mean, I think that's the, the way you've got to think about it. Like, yeah, th- this can happen. Look at the Tennessee Titans last year. Look, look at what we've seen in the past where teams have, have gotten hot at the right time and they, they get to a championship game or they get to the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, it's a credit, I, I think, to Kevin Stefanski and his staff that, you know, the message has been clear. Even Andrew Barry, when we talked to Andrew Barry today, you know, he was kind of striking the, the similar chord that, hey, we're, you know, we're not done yet you know, we're, we're focused on right now, we're focused on this season and and there's more to be done this season. Yeah. And you know what, again, there, there's, there's a level that you can get to that's higher than we think we can win. And that is, we know we're going to win. And I think that's where they're at. Honestly, it's just a weird vibe that I get about this team. They knew they were going to win the Pittsburgh game. And there was no doubt in their mind about that. And I sort of get the same feeling about this game. It's weird. Now, I don't have it quite as strongly today as I did yesterday. Yesterday, there was almost no doubt in my mind that they were going to win the game. I still think today that they're going to win the game. But I, I'm starting to sense <laughs> the Chiefs like waking up to this thing a little bit. This, uh, <laughs> this tornado that's about to blow into town that most people in, you know, in, in the country don't seem to really have completely bought into yet. Um, but I feel like the chiefs are starting to kind of have an inkling that they have to really, really be up for this football game. And this isn't just a stepping stone to getting back to the Super Bowl for them. They've got to really come out and play their best football game to beat the Browns. Well, and the, the other thing, too, is the Chiefs kind of do that to you. You know, the, the Steelers, let's be honest, the Steelers were not a scary football team. Right. You know, they were terrible all of December. They played one good half of football. Um, they come out and they snap the ball over Ben Roethlisberger's head to start the game. MJ Stewart gets his wild interception on, on the neck, you know, when Roethlisberger starts over, overthrowing everybody. The Steelers just weren't a scary football team. When you really kind of dug into it, um, you ended up picking the Browns to win that game. I didn't, but I still, I never felt comfortable picking the Steelers in that game. I just felt like, you know, what am I doing here? The, the Steelers have been awful and the Browns have been hot. Um, I, I guess I picked, I picked logos instead of football teams. And, and that's sort of what I'm battling in this one too. I, I want to make sure that I'm not just picking the logos that I'm actually picking the teams. Um, but the chiefs, the chiefs are going to scare anybody, you know, cause you're going to start thinking, Oh yeah, Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman. I mean, the, the big news today was Sammy Watkins is out and he's maybe, I think he's fifth or sixth in receiving yards for him. Like he's way down the list when it comes to, to receiving yards and, and all the stats that uh, the, those pass catchers put up. So, you know, I mean, it just speaks to how good the Chiefs are that, you know, you, you start to feel good about the Browns chances and then they're going to bring you back a little bit to reality. It doesn't mean that the Browns can't win. It just kind of means like, oh, yeah, this isn't going to be a walk like it ended up being in Pittsburgh. Exactly. And, and that's why, uh, you know, the more you read about, you know, the Chiefs, the more you, you know, even, you know, read their quotes and sort of try to get a vibe for how they're feeling heading into this game. Uh, you, you know, you start to think, okay, 
I've lost my mind. I have absolutely <laughs> lost my mind for thinking that the Browns can win this game. You know, don't you, you go back and forth, <laughs> you go back and forth with this game uh, because once again, uh, there are definitely areas where I think the Browns have the edge and the advantage and they can do this. But if the chiefs can be the, I'm telling you in, in looking at their past few games, they just didn't go barreling into the playoffs. They, they kind of, you know, they kind of tapered off. And I have some numbers here to talk about uh, with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but if they, if they flip back into being the, you know, the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs that can score at will, score at any minute, and they realize here, this is what we have to do on this day to get back past this team, then they're going to win the game. I mean, Patrick is Patrick. Patrick, you can put Patrick's competitiveness up against anybody's. I mean, just down for down, it's going to be Patrick with his hair on fire, Baker with his hair on fire. It, you know, these guys are going to be ready uh, to play some football. And uh, even today, there was that little tiny, uh, we're taping this on Friday, but there was just that little tiny thing where OBJ put a tweet out where, where he said, don't be surprised if the Browns, you know, win this weekend. And Patrick Mahomes initially liked the tweet. So he was paying attention and then he unliked it. So Patrick's getting his game face on. Pa Patrick is ratcheting it back up. He's gearing back up to where he needs to be. Now, I think, you know, the Browns just came off a very intense football game in Pittsburgh. We've talked about this all week, rest, rest or rust. The Kansas City Chiefs have got to go from zero for 21 days, a lot of them, nothing for 21 days to a very, very high intensity, fast moving football game with a lot of players on the Cleveland Browns that are absolutely 100% convinced they're going into Kansas City to plant their flag and get one step closer to the Super Bowl. Now, there, there is a counterpoint to that, though, too. And, you know, I, I don't think this is going to be the case because I think this team has refocused itself really well. But, man, the Browns were lathered up for that Steelers game. Before it, after it, we saw those celebrations in the locker room. Uh, we saw them going after Juju. You know, it looked like they won the Super Bowl after that, after that game. There was a lot of emotion expelled in that football game. And that defense was on the field for a lot of plays. It ended up. And so I, I don't think this is going to happen because I think they've done a good job of putting that game in the rearview mirror. And by the time we started talking to guys again on Wednesday, you didn't get a lot. You know, they didn't really engage in a lot of the trash talk from Chase Claypool. It, you know, it seemed like they had put that game behind them. But I do think there is, you know, that's something to keep an eye on is did they almost expend too much in that game was that was it just almost like too much of like this emotional outpouring and this like we finally did it and I mean there, there's a photo of, of Jarvis Landry just barking at the Steelers corners after his opening touchdown that, that John Koontz took that that's a really great photo you know that that's something to keep an eye on you know the Browns should be able to to take advantage of the if the Chiefs have rust but at the same time you hope that they just they don't kind of get hit with that mental fatigue or, you know, in the second half of this game, because the chiefs will wear you out. 
it hit with the fact that those defenders were on the field for a lot of snaps on Sunday night. Yeah, they were. And one guy that, that it could impact a little bit is Miles Garrett. I mean, we know that he is really working his way back from, uh, from COVID-19 and he keeps telling us that he's himself and that he feels 100% fine. Um, but the truth of the matter is he really hasn't hit that peak yet since he's been back. He hasn't had that monster game since he's been back. When you look at some of Miles's numbers, in his six games back from COVID-19, he has two and a half sacks. He has no sacks in his last two games. And when you look at forced fumbles, he has not forced a fumble in the last eight games. This comes after forcing four fumbles in his first seven games of the season. So I think that's significant. Uh, he, he really just hasn't been himself. Now he thinks, and he firmly believes that he is going to have a breakout game on Sunday. Like this is it. He's going to leave it all out there. But he said the same thing last week too. And to this point, he really hasn't been able to bust through the double teams. And they're able to do that now, obviously, because Olivier Vernon is, is not out there. And I mean, there are some other really good guys, Adrian Claiborne and, and Porter Gustin, that can get some pressure, um, but they're not, they're not getting what Olivier Vernon was giving you. He really picked up the slack in Miles' absence and while Miles was coming back from COVID. So if Miles is the player that got nine and a half sacks in his first nine games and four forced fumbles in his first seven games and is, is not exhausted from playing 74 snaps last week, then that will be a huge factor. 74 snaps is a lot just one week ago when you're going up once again against a very well-rested Kansas City Chiefs team. So you're right about that, Dan. The fact that they, you know, did they, did they shoot their shot against the Steelers to, to get to this point? And are they going to have enough left? Well, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can look at that. But I do think that there are plenty enough football players on this team that are going to be able to get themselves to that next level that they're going to need to get it to. Yeah, I, I think so too. I don't think it's going to be an issue, but that's just kind of one of those things that, um, that you circle, I guess, as, as you go in and, and you're kind of trying to figure out some of this stuff that honestly, it's kind of impossible to figure out some of this, some of the stuff that's not like the tangible, like stats versus stats kind of thing. Um, you know, it, it can be difficult to, to figure out. Um, you know, I'm looking up last week too. Of course, we all remember Porter Gustin's great play. Uh, he had two pressures last week, two hurries. Adrian Claiborne had four pressures last week, uh, two hurries. So, so those guys certainly, you know, showed up in the absence of Olivier Vernon. And, you know, that's one area where Kansas City has to have a concern is their offensive line is not, you know, what it was a year ago. Uh, they, they've lost some guys. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz is, is not back at, at right tackle yet. He hasn't been out there for a while. So that, that's an area that the Browns are going to have to exploit. And I think it starts with that pass rush because, you know, I, I don't really trust this secondary, even with Denzel Ward back. I just can't trust this secondary against these Chiefs receivers. Yeah. And you know what? And, and that, that is something, um, you know, to take a look at here. That's the Browns secondary against the Chiefs receivers and against Patrick Mahomes with throwing from every arm angle, throwing off schedule, throwing on the run, throwing no look passes. But I do think that most people judge 
the Browns secondary for what we've seen of it most of this season. What we haven't seen yet is the Browns secondary that will be as intact as it is for this football game. Now, having said that, Denzel Ward is coming off of COVID-19 and, and he had symptoms. So did Kevin Johnson. It's not like there are some players that had no symptoms whatsoever and they're not even really 100% sure that they had an active virus. But most of the people, most of the guys on the Cleveland Browns that, that were out with COVID-19 had symptoms and that includes Denzel Ward and Kevin Johnson. So we're not 100% sure how they're going to be when they get back. And Ronnie Harrison is going to be gearing up from 11 snaps last week to, they think, a full game this week. So there are some question marks about, you know, how these guys will be able to handle a full workload, all of them. But if they're okay, and these are younger guys that we're talking about. So if those three guys are okay from a physical standpoint, I think it changes the game for for how this secondary is going to handle and operate against the Kansas City Chiefs. People that are watching film and watching the Browns, they keep seeing, you know, Ben throwing for 500 yards and Mason Rudolph hitting passes of 41 and 41 and 47 yards. And it's throwing people off. But they're forgetting that Denzel Ward missed three games with the calf strain. It was three or four games with the calf strain. And then he missed another game with COVID-19. They haven't had their best cornerback out there a lot, okay? Kevin Johnson missed this past game with COVID-19. That brought them way down to Robert Jackson, okay? So, you know, you've got to throw that out. You've got to kind of throw that out the window. I mean, when you've got Denzel, Terrence Mitchell, Ronnie Harrison, Kevin Johnson, MJ Stewart, who's woken up and has a nose for the football now, it's a pretty darn good secondary now. They should, they should have a really good secondary on the field on Sunday. And I think they're going to make a difference. And I think they're going to get some interceptions. I think they're going to get two interceptions off, off Patrick Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes has only thrown six interceptions this whole entire season. However, there are some important numbers to note about Patrick in the, in the last four or five games. Four of his six interceptions have come in his last three football games. Three of them came against the Miami Dolphins. And now some of them were off tips, as we know. And a couple of them, one or two, Xavier Howard is just picking the ball off left and right this year. Yeah, he had, he had an incredible, an incredible pick in that game. So he's amazing. But they did pick him off three times. And then he also had uh, a pick two weeks later. So four in his last six games. I looked at a few other numbers today. This is another number that I thought was very interesting that I would not have, have guessed. He has fumbled four times in his last five games. Now, he's only lost two of those fumbles, but he's fumbled the ball four times in his last five games. After, in his previous 10 games, he fumbled the ball one time. Okay. On top of that, in his last five games, he's been sacked 10 times. So there's a pattern and a trend here. He's getting sacked, he's throwing interceptions, and he's fumbling the football in his last five ish games. Now, 
these things are not lost on the Cleveland Browns. Okay. They're looking at these things and they are seeing a trend where Patrick finished off the season kind of in a sloppy manner by making some mistakes, by getting hit, by getting sacked. Okay. They're seeing that they know that if they can get to him and hit him and rattle him into mistakes, that they're going to get their hands on some footballs. And that is the name of the Cleveland Browns defense, getting takeaways. They come for the ball and you better be protecting it. And you better not be giving them an opportunity to pick it off because they're going to find it and they're going to catch it. So these are some things that, that I've been looking at for the last couple of hours. Okay. So um, who are you picking in this game? Well, after all those things that we just talked about, I still feel like I still feel like the Cleveland Browns can win this game in part, not only because of the things that we have mentioned to, to this point, but also because of probably perhaps the number one reason why they can win this game. And that is because their offensive line can dominate in this game. They have a full complement on their offensive line. Jack Conklin is back. Joel Batonio is back. Wyatt Teller is the number one rated guard in the NFL. Their offensive line is better than the Chiefs defensive line. And behind that offensive line are two running backs who are going to be coming for you in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Not only do you have Nick Chubb that is always playing with his hair on fire and ready to drag anybody anywhere. But now you've got Kareem Hunt, who is going to get into another gear that we haven't even seen yet, even though we've seen him run with an unbelievable vengeance in Pittsburgh. He's got more in the tank for, for this team. Hugely emotional game for him. So because those two guys, I think, are going to run like crazy and try to possess the football as best they possibly can. I still am picking the Cleveland Browns to win this game as crazy as it sounds. And even though I go back and forth and, and I wonder if I, you know, if I've lost my marbles heading into this, <laughs> a, you know, this divisional game, I'm, I'm picking, I, I think I haven't put in my paper score for the paper or whatever yet, but, um, but I believe I'm going to uh, go, 36 to 34. I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll come down to who makes the most mistakes. That's another thing. The chiefs were fourth in the NFL with 105 penalties this year. They make mistakes and the Browns are a pretty, pretty clean football team for the most part. So if Baker Mayfield continues to do what he's done over the last 10 games, one interception in the last 10 games, if he continues to do that, I think they're going to win this football game. And I think they're going to win it. I think it's going to be close. I think the defense is going to give up yards and points. I think the Browns are going to prevail. I'm going to go the other way, but I'm with you. I think it's going to be really close. And if, the, if we're talking about a Browns win on Sunday at 630, uh, I'm not going to be shocked. I, I'm just – nothing would surprise me with this team. And I think they can go to Kansas City and win this game. Uh, but I'm going to play this one conservative, and I'm going to pick the Chiefs. But I think it's going to be – something like 42-39. So, I mean, that should tell you, I think this game could go either way. Um, and 
And I don't buy into this idea that, you know, people say this before every game, you know, they said it before the Pittsburgh game, they said it going into the Jets game, run the football, pound the football. And we've been saying it on this podcast. This is not a running football team the way we think it is. And just for people who want like hard numbers, if you go back to the Jacksonville game, the Browns are sixth in the NFL in the first quarter in passing rate. How many times they pass the football compared to how many times they run the football. So you're talking sixth in the NFL behind Kansas city, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Las Vegas, when it comes to throwing the ball early in games. And this is from Warren Sharp's website. And they actually of all those teams um, have the highest uh, expected points added of all of those teams. So they throw the ball a lot early and they're really good at it. It helps them. It helps them win games and, and score points. So um, I, I don't think, even though Kansas City's run defense is not good, you know, I think the Browns will run the ball a little bit, but they're going to do what they've been doing since that Jacksonville game to win football games. And they're going to put this on Baker Mayfield and get it in Jarvis Landry's hands. And that's why I think this is going to be a shootout. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm going to make the conservative pick and say 42 39 Chiefs. But like I said, absolutely nothing would surprise me in this football game. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if two weeks from now we're talking about booking trips to Tampa with the way this team has been playing. It also wouldn't surprise me if they win this game and then they turn around and, you know, lose to Baltimore or something. They're, like nothing would surprise me with this football team and, right. and going to Arrowhead and winning is, is one of those things. Right. And anything can happen at this point. And I agree with you 100%, Dan, that people have this misconception about the Cleveland Browns that they're a running football team because there was a portion of the season early on in the season when their passing game wasn't where they needed it to be yet. It hadn't woken up. It hadn't all come together yet. Uh, and then, then they had those three bad weather games. So they really weren't able to open up the offense yet. But way back when Alex Van Pelt was first hired, they talked about how explosive of a, of a passing game they wanted this to be. And you don't have Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. and Austin Hooper and Rashard Higgins and David Njoku and all these people on your football team if you're just going to be running the football. And Baker Mayfield, right? I mean, no. So I agree with you 100%. The Browns can pass with the best of them, especially when they get into the red zone now. Baker's dynamite in the red zone, but there's one more thing we, we do need to address really quick. And that is just the emotional, motivational side of it. They, they got jujued for the Steelers game. Now, I don't think the Sammy Watkins thing is, um, is you know, rises to the level of, of the juju thing. And Sammy Watkins has been ruled out of the game, as you mentioned. Uh, so I don't think it, it's going to be that, big of a deal as much as Juju was, but it's still something. I mean, they still, they're still going to play the loop of, of, uh, of Chase Claypool saying they're going to get clapped and they're going to show Sammy Watkins saying, you know, I wouldn't go that far. And they're going to show the line on the game, which is still probably 10. Right. And they're going to show other things that they can find that we don't even know about that probably the coaches have come up with for them. So I do still think the Browns are riding the, disrespect train into Kansas city. And, and I, in addition to the, the Kareem going back and playing his team, uh, I still think that they are on the uh, world against us bandwagon. But Kevin Stefanski was probably sending Odo Beckham a text this week saying, come on, man, 
<laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> we didn't need that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, I, I thought it was somewhat interesting that, that Patrick took note of that uh, because they needed something. I mean, you know, they needed somebody to say or do something to light a little fire under them. Because when you have two really good football teams at this point in the season, sometimes it's, it's just that one little thing that can get you over the edge. So it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. Okay. So there you go. Getting you ready for uh, the Chiefs and the Browns AFC divisional matchup on Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium. Of course, Mary Kay and I will both be there. And after the game, we'll be back to our normal post-game podcast because it is not going to be one o'clock in the morning when it's time to hit record on that. So we'll have our football insider subscribers uh, involved in that. Like I always tell you, at cleveland.com slash Browns and click on the blue banner at the top of the page to get more info. And you can do it in time to jump on our Zoom call after the game, uh, depending on whether the, whether the Browns win or lose, we're going to do it. So uh, you'll, you'll want to be a part of that, especially if they win. You'll want to be a part of that Zoom call. So check that out. Uh, Mary Kay, I will talk to you on Sunday. See you at the game, Dan.